0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope... for victory.
1: My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart.
0: The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5.
1: And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you don't want to speak Minbari? It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please, continue. Only one human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet. He is behind me. You are in front of me. If you value your lives,
2: be somewhere else. Hello, and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic, Babylon 5. This week, Season 3, Episode 10, Severed Dreams. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we are are the the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. President Clark tries to seize control of Babylon 5 by force, forcing Sheridan and the command crew to declare Babylon 5 an independent state, breaking away from Earth Alliance and taking arms against Clark's government. And Dylan confronts the Grey Council. Written by JMS and directed by David J. Eagle, This episode was released on the 1st of April, 1996, no joke, and takes place from April the 14th to April the 15th, 2260. And the guest stars, Kim Mayori as Captain Sandra Hiroshi, Rance Howard as David Sheridan, Phil Morris as Bill Traynor, Bruce McGill as Major Ed Ryan, James Parks as uh, Draken, jonathan chapman as religious mimbari maggie eden is back as the isn anchor matt gottlieb as isn reporter number two and kim strauss as a Nan. uncredited are stephen austin scordilis as zocalo patron bill blair as alien and richard Epcar as earth force officer okay guys what did we think of this
0: episode Well, i really like this one a lot We've got battle scenes, uh, we've got the Grey Council, uh, we've, we've got all kinds of good stuff. It's, it's really getting into the heart of the, the matter here. Uh, Earth Force, at, at the very end, John doesn't wear his jacket, which means the awesome new uniforms are coming, which I absolutely <laughs> love, so can't wait to see those. Uh, this one also has my favorite quote from Babylon 5 in it. Ooh. definitely like this episode
2: well you'll have to jump in when we come to it because i'm not sure whether i'll have it or not
0: okay
1: dan what did you think yeah um it's got all the action so we're finally paying off to all of it it's the second part of this two-parter that we said started last week and i kind of feel like it should have been that um it's everything we've been seeing building up finally coming to fruition and it is the proper point of no return even though last week kind of felt like it should have been this is the proper point of no return and it's all the bits that i definitely remember in the brain the big battle scenes the the last minute saver at the end just everything i just enjoyed this episode so much and again was an absolute joy to rewatch.
2: excellent yeah i think this is really really good episode um it's as sean said it's got lots in it lots of fighting in it there's Political stuff going on. There's you know the story is being progressed and um, you know yes there's, there's a lot of things going on. So let's get mm-hmm. into it. Malari is struggling to leave the station as the Narns are being uh, inefficient as the Earth people uh, keep fighting amongst themselves. There's a bit of comeback, a bit of payback, wasn't it? You know, not <laughs> not letting him off. I thought it was a little bit sort of well you, you know, you've been bad to us. so We're not letting you off the station.
1: Mm-hmm. So like every time I've worked retail and there's that one customer and you can use every loophole you can to make that customer wait. And I love it. Yes. Yeah. The computer, I'm sorry. The computer just doesn't recognize what you're yeah. giving it. Um, Have you got any other cards? Uh, do you want to go and get some cash? Come back. You know, I, I, my lunch is in about two minutes time. So if you could just come back after that, that would be great.
2: You <laughs> didn't work at Q, did you?
1: <laughs> no. No. No, it's that great. wasn't me with the moustache, it's fine. Right.
2: Great hiding places there. Anyway, <laughs> General Haig's ship is coming to Babylon 5 for repairs. As soon as that happens, everyone will descend on Babylon 5 as Haig is a wanted man. Sheridan orders the comms to be shut down as soon as he arrives. When I don't know a word, or if I don't know a description of something, as I'm typing, I just put in XXXX, and then it's easy to find later because you can just say Find xxxx and replace it with this word. So a Mimbari xxxx has been attacked and needs medlab. What was he? He was I said an
1: envoy. He was an envoy. Envoy.
2: Let's go with that because I was thinking he was one of the. Um... He was a ranger, right? I like thought he was. A, I thought he was a ranger. That's the word I was looking for.
0: But he didn't. It wasn't specifically said that he was a ranger, so it didn't wasn't clear. So I just said he was an envoy. Yeah. I got the feeling he should be. Yeah,
2: an an Membari dude has been attacked. (laughs) I've got attached. That's what's really...
1: (laughs) Come on, attacked, man, attacked. See, this is what I thought was missing in the episode. This is the only reason I can't give it a perfect score is that Marcus wasn't in this. And I kind of feel like there should have been a, a fight scene at the beginning with Marcus between maybe some of the Nightwatch who haven't given up yet who were trying to take on this ranger they didn't quite like the look of. I Did you see the battle like that,
0: scenes? They, could, they couldn't afford another player.
1: Ah, no, I think they budgets, could got, man, budgets. They could have got him in there with a two by four. I'm sure they <laughs> would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> You
2: know, I always find you can get more out of a person with a kind word and a two-by-four. Then you can with just just a a two-by-four? can with just a kind word, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I always think it should be then you can with just a (laughs) (laughs) two-by-four.
2: That's the Canadian version. Yes. That's right. Uh, I do like that quote. That's why it's in the beginning of the titles. Yes, Mm -hmm. And we may have another one in here yet. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I'm going to leave all of this in. A Mimbari envoy has been attacked and needs Medlab. Shikar offers to escort him uh, escort him there as he knows which guards to trust. Mars has not complied with the Earth Order of Martial Law. Meanwhile, General Hay's ship comes through the jump gate and Garibaldi kills the comms. Sheridan tells all on the command deck that they will uh, help the Alexander and anyone who that does not want to help can leave. Now that's the scene that I said about uh, a couple of weeks ago, when Sheridan was asking. I think they were trying to work out whether um, mm. uh, what's his name, Ex uh, Sergeant Chen.
1: Chen. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> whether he whether he's with them or against them. I thought uh, that scene was there, and it's actually here where he says, if anybody doesn't like what we're about to do, you know, leave. And then one of them actually leaves. And I think I'd seen that when I was looking through for clips to put into the um, titles. I'd seen that and then thought, oh, when does that come up then? And it was oh, it's obviously in this episode, not the one I thought two weeks ago. So anyway, they must help the Alexander and render humanitarian aid as it is their humanity that got them into this fight. And it will be their humanity that gets them out of it. The envoy awakens and tells Deland that the shadows are on the move and have made alliances among the um, among the non-aligned worlds and urged them to go to war with their neighbors. The Grey Council have said that their problems uh, that the problems of others are not their concern. Major Ryan arrives at the captain's office, but there is no General Hague. He has been killed off as he has made an appearance on Deep Space Nine.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: My favourite outtake of yeah. all of them. Yes. Yeah, he was double booked by his agent. It's great. Yeah.
2: I'll have to find that. i see if it's actually in the... in the, uh, There must be outtakes outtake somewhere. I, I got the DVDs, but I'm not too sure whether I've got the outtakes for that. I'll have to look for that. Earth has clamped down on security and crime is down to almost nil. People are welcoming martial law. Just then, a message comes through. Earth has started bombing Mars. Delenn leaves for Mimbari to face the Grey Council. And as she leaves, the Churchill arrives. The news from Earth via ISN is disturbing. The colonies on Orion 7 and Proxima 3 have broken away in protest of the bombing on Mars. They are setting themselves up as independent states. President Clark doesn't want this information released and the studio is invaded by the security
1: services. Well, they saw them coming down the road. I mean, there could have been two security officers just coming around with some sandwiches for everybody. It's like, oh, they're invading the offices. No, 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 we're just taking the lunch <laughs> over. Don't worry, don't it's, worry about it's us. It's the lunch order. Did, did, who, who had ham on rye? Yeah. It, it all got out of hand. Someone wanted mustard. And it was just, ah. Oh. <laughs> <was>, I think <laughs> they were upset by the guy's moustache. They probably <laughs> were. I'm a news I mean, reporter
2: from the 1970s. Yes. And the and the, the most unfeasibly thinnest microphone you could possibly get it's like a piece of yeah, wire or something else <laughs> yeah, yeah. jeff why that have that you that got scene... a stick
1: again
0: my yeah. yeah. whole scene was just odd it was it was yeah it was,
1: yeah i'm sorry but i'm sorry i've got to say this no jeff no don't say it why was everything falling <laughs> over if they were coming into the room like is, is the cameraman's just had enough <laughs> kicking everything over
0: here's a wire basket on your face <laughs> yeah
1: Oh, something fell near me.
0: Oh my God, there's something on my face. Get it off me!
2: Oh no, they switched
1: oh. on the big fan. Ah!
2: <laughs> there was a there was a props guy at the side. Guy, you obviously threw something at it. got oh God, I missed it. Get her in the face with this wire basket. That'll do. It. Yeah, there you go. That we got
1: a reaction. <laughs> you took the last donut, you bitch. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: you you taken my ham and
1: rye? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear. Uh, clark is sending in his troops to colonies that are a threat against him he knows babylon 5 is against him and has sent two ships they are six hours away they either fight or surrender they all vote to fight bill they're in the military what else are you gonna do <laughs> Delenn has arrived at the gray council she tells them that she has warned them that this day has been coming for three years she gives them the right bollocking
1: she leaves some follow but not all did you notice they still had the lights on before she went in? So with all the, the war council and, you know, the, the warrior cars taking over, they didn't turn the lights off. So they've obviously got their light bill coming. Mm, that's
2: it. Well, you know, cost of electricity these days. Yeah, you need to switch yep. it off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sheridan calls up Richie Cunningham's dad and hopes for happy days. The Star Furies are launched and Sheridan makes another speech to the station. He says he will defend the station and joins the colonies, succeeding from the Earth Alliance and becoming an independent state. Anyone who wants to leave can do so now. Ivanova goes to fight with the fighter squadron. Everyone is ready for the Earth Alliance ships. Sheridan says she doesn't, he doesn't want to fight, but will defend themselves. Let them fire first. Don't start the fight, but they will
0: finish it. And that she- is the favorite quote. <laughs> right there. That's the one. Like my dad said, never start a fight, but always finish one. And that's something I've always remembered from 20 odd years ago, watching this series. Mm, yeah, that's that's quote. one that's always stuck with me. Excellent quote. It does mean that you end up fighting, though. Yeah, well, you know. sure. There's that. <laughs> and you've got to make
2: sure you can actually finish a fight. <laughs> It's a a great quote until the first punch is thrown and the first person gets hit in the face and then it just all falls apart after that.
0: Well, that's kind of it, (laughs) yeah. Then all
2: hell breaks loose. A breaching pod attaches itself to the hull and the security guards hide behind some boxes. (sighs) Well done. The battle for Babylon (laughs) 5 is well underway. (laughs) Hide behind these cardboard boxes, (laughs)
1: quick! We're the Gropos. We've come for the guy hanging off the chandelier.
2: (laughs) Yes, lasers can't fire through boxes.
0: (laughs) Not not futuristic space boxes. Oh, yeah. Space
2: boxes. The Churchill is destroyed. Ivanova has to eject, and the Agrippa is destroyed, and more Earth ships are arriving. More jump gates are forming. It all looks pretty bad. Then Dylan arrives and she is seriously pissed off. She quotes the Epsilon Three intro and the Earthships <laughs> retreat.
0: <laughs> yes, they do.
2: Yes, she does. You are in
0: front of me. He is behind me. And prepare <laughs> to die, <dying>. wives. <laughs> yes.
2: If you, yes, if you, if you, what was it? Oh, I, I we gotta listen to the damn thing every week I should know it off by heart yeah.
1: If you value your lives, be somewhere, be
2: somewhere else, else. Yes. Yeah. This is Ambassador Delenn of the Minbari Babylon 5
1: is under our protection Withdraw Be destroyed
0: Negative, we have authority here Do not force us to engage your ship Why not? Only one human captain has ever survived battle with the Minbari
1: fleet He is behind me you are in front of me. If you value your lives, be somewhere else. The thing is, she,
2: she it's a great quote. I love it and I love her as an actress, but her voice just doesn't do it for me somehow. It just doesn't have that edge. It sounds as though she's constantly trying to say it, but also <laughs> holding back.
0: It just doesn't. Oh, shout. Oh, no, no, Don't hold it for me. Back. no, no, I think she does a fantastic job. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Like her, her, her voice is nearly quaking. She's just holding it in. So you better freaking watch. It, it, it's
2: it's like when you say to somebody, "Oh, um, this is your favorite song. Sing, 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 the song." And the person sort of it, it suddenly becomes all self conscious. Uh, uh, you know, when you're in the shower, you sing like you know, oh, you belt the song out. You nobody's there to see you. But then when somebody's there to sing, see you sing the song, it's all. Um, Uh, and it comes from the, it doesn't come from the chest, it comes from the throat and you sing at the back of your throat and it's all, I can't can't think of a song to sing at the moment, you know, like, happy birthday to you, happy birthday. It's all like, when it should be belted out, you know, happy birthday, you know, really get in there and (laughs) give it some big, oh,
0: no, it just needs something, it needs to shout it. Anyway, that's just me. It's, it's understated <laughs> authority. She doesn't need to change.
2: Uh, mm, okay. Yeah. No, no, I see that. I see that. Now, I know um, in television, time sort of stretches and, and you know, compresses a lot uh, in, in scenes as well as be- between scenes. There could be days in between two scenes. There could be minutes in between others. But she goes, you know, be somewhere else. And the ships go and disappear off. <laughs> not sort of yeah, let's have a bit of a think about this first. Um okay, there are a lot of Mimbardi ships, maybe we should retreat. Yeah, let's go. just no, this is co- holy cow, there's there, before she's even finished the blooming speech. They're going, look at the size of those ships out of the Mimbardi are here, quick run. And they all go. And, you know, not none of them saying, Oh, we'll be back. You know, we're going to get more forces, you know, or well, whatever, you know, threatening them as they leave. They all just scarper. Well, listen, no wonder we bloody won the, the uh, they, we lost the last Mimbari war, for goodness sake, <laughs> an attitude like that. Only one man survived, yeah, because he was still there fighting. Everybody else would run away. They'd be all shot on the way out. Anyway, Garibaldi has been injured. Mm. And Delenn arrives back. Sheridan is very grateful for that. Very grateful. The gang are all back, and Ivanova has something to show them. In the Zocalo, the survivors give them a round of
0: applause. And you know what's also worth a round of applause? This promo for another podcast, right here on the ESO Network. This Slaver Day weekend, fandom is calling. Let Michael, Mike, Darren, and Jen help you answer the call with the latest news, notes, tips, and tricks on the DragonCon Report. Available as an audio podcast, visit DragonConReport.com. And for the first time ever, watch us on video via Facebook Live and YouTube. We want to help you celebrate your fandom in all the best ways. So listen up, and we'll see you at the con.
2: Anyway, on to the trivia. The character of Major Ryan was an addition to the script when it was discovered that Robert Foxworth could not return as General Haig. This resulted in an outtake in which Bruce McGill, upon his character boarding Babylon 5 and being asked where General Haig was, replied, General Haig is doing Deep Space Nine. <laughs> it seems he was double-booked by his agent and there was
1: nothing to be done. So you'll have to do with me, sir. <laughs> That's
2: a great <laughs> way to go onto a set.
1: <laughs> now, that was that like prophecy because like it's only six months later that he actually was on deep space nine so like was that kind of an insider actor it, joke or like it they must might have been filming yeah i mean they may have been filming it at that time but
2: it didn't come out until mm. later on yeah producer jms met uh, everett mcgill at a restaurant and later decided to use him in the episode seven dreams but couldn't remember his first name he told the casting director get me that mcgill guy on the day of shooting, Straczynski found Bruce McGill waiting on the set. There was no time to correct the mistake, so Bruce McGill was used. <laughs> That's awesome. But I tell you what, he's really good. I and liked him. I liked his great. I like his actor. I like, I like I've seen him in other things and I like him in them. Um I thought his acting was good. He, he seemed to fit in as though know, he knew everybody and you know, he had been there before or whatever. It just I thought it worked. he's, he's very
0: military like.
2: Yes, hmm. yeah, and he, you know he, he thinks about things and makes the right decisions, and yeah, I, I thought he was a good, uh, a, a, a good guy. Now this is the bit I like. Jerry Doyle broke his arm for real during the filming of one of the battle scenes. Unfortunately, the scene showing him with a broken ankle was filmed before the accident. Ah, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and later episodes ignored the ankle, showing Jerry with an arm with an arm cast. <laughs> Mm. Explaining that the injury was sustained in the fight, <laughs> so it's like it's like um, if you ever read uh, Sherlock Holmes, the first few stories have um, Doctor Watson being shot uh, in the in the arm, mm. and then a few episode, a few books later, he's been shot in the leg. So, you hang on, we <laughs> make your mind up. It was just a continuity error in the books, and this is the same thing here. He's so he's broken his arm for real, and you can see he's broken his arm because he's got his arm in his pocket, his hand in his pocket. There's a great big cast on his arm, so he can't do anything with it. So, and then he's hobbling around with a you know, his ankle's broken because of the fight. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so, so, because of this accident in which he broke his arm and, and wrist, Jerry Doyle referred to this episode as severed limbs.
0: <laughs>
2: the scene where Delenn uh, snaps the Grey Council staff in two had to be shot several times because, try as she might, Mira couldn't break it. The staff finally had to be sawed partially in half by a stagehand.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, fancy giving her a great big thick stick to try and break, for goodness sake. I mean, nobody could do that. I mean, it, I thought when I read that, I thought, all oh, right, I'll look out for that. And she just snaps it in half in her hands. I thought she was going to like put it over her knee or something, you know, and give it the old... You know, which may have explained how it was snapped, but she actually snapped it. You know, she looks quite strong there. That would have to be sawn in half.
0: Poor oh, woman. That, that was an odd scene.
2: Yeah. Captain Sheridan's line, these orders have forced us to declare independence, was later one of the phrases featured in the opening, massively long sequence of season five. <laughs> This episode was purposely uh, scheduled at the midpoint of the series uh, series, of the series intended five year run as a payoff for the preceding story action in which the station commands period of growing suspicion and then covert action against the villains of the series has ended and now they have to fight out in the open at last. That's long winded. The torn Traitors Can't Hide poster shown at the end was already torn while the crowds uh, watched ISN News. Mm. And during the hand-to-hand struggle, Garibaldi clubs one of the Marines with his rifle, but never actually connects. I miss that. I know that's normally something I would pick up, but it's probably because I wasn't paying too much attention to the actual fighting as I was typing this down. So Sean, have we any Star Trek connections?
0: As a matter of fact, we do. So we'll start with the low to the high. We've got uh, James Parks, who played Drakken. Uh He was in the Enterprise episode North Star as Deputy Bennings. Yeah, and he my favorite, my, played...
2: favorite. Ooh, my, my favorite, my oh, favorite uh, episode of uh, yeah mm-hmm. of Enterprise. Love that one. Um... He
0: also uh, he also played in the Star Trek Voyager as Vel in the episode The Shoot. Oh. Much like a previous actor from last week played in The Shoot. Yeah.
2: But uh, yes. James, James Parks also played in that fantastic film, Rubber.
0: I, I did read that. I saw that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, was, uh, I thought about bringing that up. But it's not Star Trek. I mean, if you don't know what that is,
2: have a look up on IMDb. It's the most bizarre film ever. <laughs> yeah,
0: I highly recommend it. Uh, and, and then, of course, we've got the Bruce McGill as Major Ed Ryan. He also played in Star Trek Voyager in the episode Relativity as Captain Braxton. Don't trust him. That's right, that's right. But the star of the show this week is Phil Morris, who played Bill Trainer. He was in Star Trek Voyager as Lieutenant John Kelly in the episode One Small Step. He was in two episodes of Deep Space Nine as Ramada Clan and uh, Throwpak. And he was in Star Trek Three as Trainee Foster. But not only that, get this, if we go way, way back to the original series, he played Boy with the army helmet in Miri. So wow. he has been around for a long time. Yeah,
2: that was amazing. When I read that, I thought, my goodness, somebody from the original series has made it through to one of the later ones. I know there's been a few um, and have kept the same character. Uh, but this guy, wow. Yeah, I, didn't, I hadn't realized he was in, in those episodes. And he was one of the lads in Miri. Yeah, incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. I've, army got, helmet boy.
2: I've got one for you. Okay. This is This is trivia. Don't forget. And I'm stretching it a bit. Rance Howard as David Sheridan is Ron and Clint Howard's father. And Clint Howard played in TOS.
0: Mm-hmm. The he, Tranya. Yes, he was the Tranya boy. Uh, he also played in several other episodes. He was in Deep Space Nine. Yep. He was in Discovery. I think yep. he was in a few other ones. I can't remember them all. but mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yes. But yeah, as soon as the voice uh, had the voice, I turned. I thought, who's that? And I looked. And I thought, oh, he looks exactly like Ron Howard. Oh, I had to look him up then. Oh God, of, of course, that's Howard. His, that's his—that's his dad. I hadn't realized he was. I'd, I'd sort of ate him a lot. Of,
0: a lot of credits too. Yeah. I was looking mm. through. him, like, holy crap! That's yeah,
2: lot. yeah, yeah. It was good. I liked him. He was a really good. Um, in in that small scene that he played, I thought he came across as really well as as you know, Sheridan's father. So yeah, I liked that.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize he was Opie's father. That's pretty cool. Mm. You don't get that reference, maybe? Nope. <laughs> Ron Howard played Opie in the Andy Griffith show. Oh,
2: wow. Yes, that is going back a bit. I I have seen that many years ago, but yes, I wouldn't have connected that. Hmm. Uh, But yeah, yeah, happy days.
0: There you go. They're here again.
2: (laughs) Okay. uh, Ratings. Uh, IMDb. Wow. Well, IMDb have rated this their highest episode so far. They've given it a 9.6, which equates to 4.8. Which puts this as the best episode ever so, so far. So, boys, you've got something to uh, compete against there. So, what did you think, uh, Sean? I, I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> does it does that? <laughs> is there, is there another number after that? Maybe like an O? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't I didn't like it at all. No, no, probably yeah uh, yeah one of my favorites so far. It's great. It, it's got the battle. It's got the best quote. It's got the Len uh, kicking ass at the end. It, it's I can go on and on, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to give it 4.75. Oh,
1: right, okay. Very good. that uh, It's the second part of a two-parter, and it actually pays off, and everything set up that was set up last week is paid off here and then everything that like it said in the trivia that we've been watching for the last two and a half seasons it all pays off here uh you've got action you've got everything all coming in you've got the the night watch are still now a threat sort of there might be some sabotage to come and all this sort of thing um the the nons have sort of you know shown their their worth against the Gropos, uh, the, the Ground Pounders sort of came on board and we had a little bit of fight between them and the paintball crew. Um, yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And having the Mumbari save us at the end, it was great. Um, I don't know, there was just one something missing and I don't know what it was. So I can't go a perfect five, but I am going to go 4.9. <gasps> I think it's one of my favorites. Wow. Sean,
2: this is your favorite episode so far. I can believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a really good episode. I really really like this one um, for all the reasons uh, that you guys have said. It's it pays off the the, the, the first half if you like. Um, it continues. There's there's action. There's uh Dylan being all badass that you know coming to the rescue at the end of it. Um, Sheridan not wearing his uh, his jacket, you know, saying right, that's it. I've had enough of that now. Uh, good good um, supporting actors coming in uh helping out um it, just everything about it is so good. Um, so yeah, a 4.75 no is is not good enough for me I'm afraid Sean uh, I'm going with IMDB. I'm giving it a 4.8. They gave that the, that's what their equivalent was uh, for our score um So yeah, there you go. high
0: score end. They they finally killed off General Haig, who they've been teasing the entire season since we saw him there before. Mm-hmm. And then oh, General Haig this and General Haig that, but we never see the guy. We see his representative, and we he was going to be on this ship, but he oh, he got killed off screen.
2: I <laughs> know uh, it's really annoying because he is such a good actor. I really like him, and and Star Trek he's brilliant. He was good in this. I I, I just mm-hmm. I, I like the guy so much, and he he's got so much gravitas, especially when he does high ranking yes. officials, so you know, just mm. it's just believable when you see him um totally. you know, yeah yeah I, I was really uh saddened when they said they weren't going to put him in anymore so yeah bit of a yeah. shame but yeah I mean this basically makes it our, our uh, you know if we average our scores it's our highest episode group that we have rated um so yeah it's just quite quite widely agreed that this is the best episode mm. so far yes so on that note that's the end of this episode. Join us next week when we will be dis- discussing Season 3, Episode 11,
0: Ceremonies of Light and Dark. Listen, Dad. Um, I wanted to call because well, there's a lot going on right now. and I don't know when I'll be able to call again. It may be a while. I can't really explain on an open channel, but... Son, I follow the news. Well, I did until ISN went black. I see what's going on. Your mother doesn't like to think about it. You know how she is. If you have any thoughts on
2: this episode, why not send in some feedback to epsilon 3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for The Epsilon Three.
0: Well, if you have any other problems, Any other questions at all, just ask. John, I can't imagine the kind of decisions that are going through your mind right now. I'm sure they're not easy. The important ones never are. But when push comes to shove, you've always done the right thing. What was the first lesson I ever taught you? Never start a fight, but always finish it. What you have to do, son. Don't worry about us. Neighbors around here like us. Lord knows why. So uh, anybody comes for us, they're going to have quite a fight on their hands. Now I know you probably got a million things to do. So I'm going to let you go and do them. And I guess uh, I'll talk to you when I talk to you. Goodbye, Dad. Love to you both.